2: If you guys wouldn't mind indulging me a little bit, um little story time, baby. It's Thanksgiving, and we should all be thankful. And I'm not going to get into one of these. Well, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, da da xy and Z. But rather why I believe in treating every day like it's Thanksgiving, sans the food. I'm going to peel back the curtain on me a little bit. I have had um, quite, quite the life, and I want to share a little bit with you and, and tell you why when I look at Thanksgiving, it's, it's, more than just, it's more than just a day on the calendar. It's more than just saying, I'm thankful for this. Back in 2002, I was working at WMN and MN. And I was going through a a bit of a rough patch in my personal life with my first marriage falling apart, and um, I was in the process of getting a divorce. Now, this was in July of 2002, but that wasn't the most life-altering thing that happened to me that year. Um, Late July 2002. I told you that I'm a professional wrestling fan. I am actually trained as a professional wrestler. Now, people that look at me might think that that's crazy talk. True story. So I was working out with some individuals, um, some of my buddies. We were getting ready for a show, and we were going over a few things. And there was a wrestling ring um, outside a farm, outside of more about 10 miles north of Mora. And I was, you know, taking what they call a bump, which means you're, you know, working on, you know, one of the ways that you are going to fall and protect yourself. Well, I was on the outside of the ring and I put my arms over the top rope, which is a metal cable for those that have felt it, it is a solid metal cable that has tape around it. It's not an actual rope. It's, it's, it's a metal cable. So there was somebody that came from the top turnbuckle and, and just follow me here. You'll, you'll kind of understand. It, this will all make sense. Trust me. Came down and pushed my head down, gave me whiplash, and I f- fell off the ring just as I had expected to do. The problem was I did not protect myself. And instead of having my arms in front of me where my upper chest would take the brunt of it, I took it straight across the front of my neck. So I get done with this, and it's a Saturday night. Actually, maybe late Saturday afternoon, about 4.30. And I'm driving back with a friend of mine when I was living in Little Canada. And we're coming down. I'm like, man, my neck really hurts. I'm like like, uh, you know, probably, you know, something bruised. Okay, you know, no big deal. So we get back to the apartment in Little Canada. I'm like, you know what, let's just go out and get something to eat. Well, there was an Arby's. I don't know if it's still there, but there was an Arby's that was right off of 36 and Rice in Little Canada. And as I'm there, I'm having this hard time breathing. And I'm like (gasps) – I'm having this – like I'm gasping for air. And I'm like, okay, this is is just – this is just wrong. Like I was choking on air. And I had no idea what was going on. So I dropped my buddy off back at the apartment, and I drove myself to the St. John's Medical Center in uh, in Maplewood, and they put me in a tube, and they you know gave me the MRI and the CAT scans and all that. And at this point, I was drugged up. I had no idea what was going on. I have a very very vague recollection of of what happened. Well. When they brought me out, uh, I asked the nurse. I was like, so what happened? And keep in mind, I'm all by myself. I am solo. Like, nobody is there. No family, no friends, no nothing. I, I am doing all of this on my own. And this nurse looked down at me, and she grabbed my hand, and she just said, not good. I was like, oh, "Okay," okay. I, I didn't even know what that meant. So I go into this room, and I'm you know, laying there and they've got a couple tubes on me and um, they all of a sudden. I had a a doctor came in and they said that we are going to um, we are going to bring in a priest to read you your last rites. And I, I was like, I didn't realize the severity of the situation until that happened. And I, I mean, I was just when somebody tells you that they are going to bring somebody in to read you your last rites. I mean, it, it gets it gets pretty real in the moment. And they're like, is there anybody that you want to call to tell them goodbye? Well, I'm here in the cities. And I don't have anybody within you know. I mean, there's nobody that could get there in time. Before I'm you know Gonna meet my expiration date So I just called my mom and my stepdad and My brother and a couple other people I'm like hey you know, I, I'm probably not gonna make it through the night Just to let you know um, I, I don't know what to do So I, I get off the phone And they put me back underneath these tubes This incubation whatever And all of a sudden I hear These nurses and And all of this commotion And they're like We've got a 27-year-old white male who's going to suffer insuffixiation if we don't get him out of here within 15 minutes. I was like, man, I felt bad for that guy. And then I realized that 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 guy was me. And I didn't know what insuffixiation was because, I mean, again, you're in this altered state. Well, they were going to get me a tracheotomy kit to drill down into my throat, you know, and in the front that helps you breathe. But they were not what they call a level one trauma unit. I I didn't even know what that was. So they transferred me over to uh, Hennepin County Medical Center, HDMC now. um, I think it's uh, Hennepin Hennepin Healthcare or something like that. So I'm in this hospital for about five days. And thankfully, I was able to recover. But as I'm getting out of – I'm getting ready for discharge – one of the doctors came in and, and I didn't even know what happened. Well, I had suffered severe blunt trauma to my thyroid cartilage and I'd cracked my thyroid cartilage, which in the front of your throat. And I was less than a millimeter from severing my carotid artery. Like that was how close it was. And they said that 90% of the people that suffer the sort of blunt neck trauma that I suffered – are either quadriplegic or dead. And that right there was really the turning point for me to realize that why am I in that 10%? Like What, what, what was it about me that I was spared these horrific, horrific consequences? So I was in this hospital for five days. And my aunt in Minneapolis, she helped take care of me for a little while. Um, Her niece drove me back over to uh, my apartment in Little Canada. But at this point, I mean, I'd lost my job. I'd lost my wife. I'd lost basically family that had turned their back on me because they thought I, I was gone. And I had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to talk again. I had to learn how to breathe again, you guys. And it's it's funny when you're in a hospital room, and I I, I joke about this. It's funny when you're in a hospital room with a 75-year-old man, and you're the one that has to eat the liquids. You're the one that can't have the salad foods. At 27, I couldn't have anything that was hot or cold. I had to have everything room temperature. And basically liquid. And it took me almost four months to get back to eating solid foods. And at that point, I mean, we're at the end of 2002. I mean, I had been just shattered, you know, physically, you know, literally physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And and it put me in such a financial ruin that combined with some shall we say shenanigans that were outside of my control. It forced me to file for bankruptcy. So here I am at 27, almost 28 years old, divorced, bankrupt, not sure if I'm ever going to be able to live a normal life. I'm down and out, abandoned by family, discarded by people that I thought were my friends. I had to hit the reset button and, and, and I felt awful I mean, I was alone, but I knew that that 10%, I was in that 10%, and I didn't know what I was meant to do, but I knew that I had to keep going. I knew that I wasn't going to give up, and I knew that I had to fight, and I had to work, because at 27, that's pretty young. That's way too young to just throw your hands up. So I hit the reset button on everything. On my career, I I went back up to Detroit Lakes, worked up there for a little while, went to Otomo, Iowa, and then worked to Columbia, Missouri, where my life, it took a really positive turn because that's where I met my girlfriend, fiance, now my my, my current wife. And she has been with me through thick and thin, through hell and high water, and we have been to kansas to minnesota to south dakota to missouri to texas and then back up to minnesota and it's just going back and revisiting that dark period in my life to go through the darkness to get to the light i really believe that when I say that, that I'm thankful for every day, even being able to be alive and being able to wake up, that's really you guys where I'm at. I mean, you, you hear me joking and having some fun with Lake or Steve or you know, Paulage or whoever. But at the end of the day, every day that I'm able to open up my eyes, anything outside of that is a bonus: to be living. To be here, upright. And right now, I've got a beautiful wife, an awesome 11-year-old daughter. I've got a fantastic job at a company that really has our backs. And, and, and I know some people don't like when, you know, I don't like what you say about so-and-so. I don't like your position. And that, to, to me, that doesn't matter. How do you treat people? And this company... And the people that I work for and the people that I work with are some of the coolest people that I've ever been a part of. And that is not blowing any smoke, you guys. This station has such a rich history and tradition when you look through everything, through the annals of media history, and especially in the upper Midwest, that this is... It's an honor and a privilege to be able to even step foot in this building to me. And I don't take that for granted. I can't take any of this for granted because just like that, it could be gone. And it was taken away from me. I would to fight like hell to get it back. Fight like hell to get it back. But now I've got a great family, great job. I'm in a good spot everywhere in my life. And life is good. So I'm thankful Number one, to be able to wake up in the morning. Number two, anything else, doesn't matter. Just icing on the cake. And if you guys are feeling it, I know there are people out there that feel like they're alone. That feel like nobody cares. Because I've spent holidays alone. All you want to do is you want to shut yourself off to the world. Turn off the TV, turn off the radio, shut the blinds, sit in the darkness because you don't want to you don't want to be reminded of what you're not taking part of. And I tell you guys, it's, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And for those that have social media, you can follow me on Twitter at CM My DMS are always open. My DMS are always open. I don't care who you are. If you feel like you can't do it. You can, you absolutely can. It takes a lot of work. But at the end of the day, we talk about Thanksgiving and giving thanks. But I think every day, it's really, truly Thanksgiving if you treat it that way. Just uh, just a little, little story time, baby, and kind of pulling the curtain back on me. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your
0: band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.